0: Hey guys, welcome back to Where Do We Begin. I'm Jackson. And I'm Harper. And who have we got on the pod today, Harper? Now, uh, we've just recorded a
1: couple of interviews with uh, a band, as we always do, a band called Analog Hope. Uh, they're a Melbourneian band, uh, kind of pop punk kind of thing. So that was really enjoyable. Definitely
0: uh, stay tuned for that there. First up, and who have we got next, Jackson? And then we got a, a good mate of ours, both of ours. Uh, we've been involved in his futsal club for a few years. Um... Uh, president and captain of the Carlton Heart Futsal Club, Sharban Rajab, uh, yeah, great
1: of ours. Uh, whether you're an expert on futsal or you just want to know what goes on in like a bit of a minority, bit of a, more of a niche sport than your Aussie rules, your cricket or something, definitely worth a listen because he's a captain and a president and a founder of a club and he's very involved in the whole scene in Melbourne and uh, we've also got a big, big giveaway as we do on the extra pods. Jackson, what are we giving away, mate?
0: So, we're giving away a 2019 2020 signed Everton shirt. So, it's like Everton, one of the biggest teams in the world. I could think you could easily
1: say top 25 clubs. So, yeah, I reckon that's a first statement. Yeah, top twenty
0: five. I, I would say that. Don't want to think, at least top fifty, definitely. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know because there's already like twenty five teams in the in the Champions League every year. So well, they're massively, massively
1: supported throughout the world, and like they are currency, huge. They
0: definitely are
1: huge. There's lots of Aussie Everton fans listening just for this giveaway. I'm just showing the kit to Jackson right now on the Zoom. That's a bloody sexy kid, isn't very
0: it? Nice kit. I, I'm, very I'm, nice kid. I'm indeed. loving the Umbro. Huge fan of the Umbro. We've yeah, uh, obviously moved to Hummel this season, but it's the last, it's the last Umbro kit. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, listen to the end of the podcast. We reveal how you can have a chance of winning this uh, stunning piece of kit.
1: Yeah, it's authentic, real. It's a medium size, uh, signed by the entire Everton squad of last season. So make sure you stay in tuned. And should we just rip straight into the show? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, now we've got some great guests on the show. Uh, a couple of guys from the band Melbourne band Analog
0: Hope. It's Sarah and Lachlan. Welcome guys.
2: Thank you. Hey, thanks for having us.
0: How are you guys going? How are you going guys? I know we're in lockdown here in Melbourne. How are you guys going in lockdown?
2: Oh, you know, as good as you can I suppose. <laughs> could be better, could be worse.
3: Yeah. It's um Yeah, like it's 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 an experience. Um <laughs> I think there's been there's been highs and lows. Like definitely when it started, it was like because I have very much an office job. It's like yes, I don't have to go to work. This is brilliant. Um, and then after a while, it's like I actually have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know if I can manage my work like this. This is just too hard. So yeah, peaks and peaks and troughs. It's good at the moment though. Yeah.
1: So you still doing uh, any like uh, what do you call it? It's like solo band practice? Like just. Maybe recording something by yourself and putting them all together, anything like that or nah?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So um so Jamie Jamie and I so Jamie plays bass in the band. I play guitar and sing. Um and Sarah plays drums. Um, Jamie and I share videos of um songs that we're writing or riffs or whatever with each other pretty regularly. Um and um, and share that with a band chat um, frequently as well. But definitely, like, as soon as that turns into some sort of song, share it with everyone and show Sarah. Um, but, yeah, we, there's a lot of guitar playing at home that gets shared on social, like, um, group chats and things like that. Yeah. It's actually it's actually been incredibly productive, I guess, for, for writing that sort of stuff. Like, between the two periods of isolation, we have, like, a, a bunch of, like, skeletons worth of songs that we're, like, super excited to take to a practice room and, and practice um, all together. Yeah, it's been good.
0: So tell us about the band, guys. How long have you been a, a group and uh, what sort of music do you do?
3: So um, how long have been a band? I actually can't remember. It's not a very long period of time. It would be, what, less than a year, Sarah?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, less than a year for sure. Yeah. Probably early. Uh, uh, actually, maybe it has been a year. It yeah.
3: has been a year. So we, oh, yeah, sorry. The isolation is like a black hole in my mind. That's <laughs> months where we haven't done anything where we've also been a band. Um,
2: it's all the same day.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so we, so Sarah and I played in a band before, which, um, which, you know, naturally fell away, but Sarah and I had tons of fun playing together and we came from a similar background of, like music, it would be fair to say, Um, which um, like we both have other bands of our own that we like, but largely drawing from like pop punk and like mid-2000s, you know, email and skate punk sort of background. Um, So Sarah and I were like, we need to keep writing as a band. Um, I think our previous band, I was thinking about this the other day, our previous band was booked to play a launch show with, was it Since We Kissed?
2: Um, uh high finance
3: high finance and you and I yeah. were like let's just write a bunch of songs and try to do it with this new group and and then I think we got offered offered another show which was like two weeks later so we literally hadn't had a practice and accepted a show for like two and a half weeks later or something remember that yeah and we're like yeah. let's just make it work um so we wrote the songs as a two-piece we got a set list up and um Jamie, who plays bass for us, Jamie and I played in a previous band called Maricopa Wells um, for many years and adore each other. And, I mean, I can go into detail on that, but basically he just joined us on bass. It was natural. We all liked the same sort of music and it just went on from there.
2: Yeah, it flows really well. Like it, as soon as Jamie joined, it was just like there there was no issues or anything. It was just straight in and everything just evolved, which was really cool. Yeah,
3: yeah, Jamie, Jamie and I, and yeah, like the fit was like we, like Jamie and I had already written songs together, but with Sarah, like it just it couldn't be better. Like when Sarah and I wrote together at the start, it was very pop punky stuff. But Jamie naturally brings like you know like a an emo sort of um, you know a, a different collection of bands as reference to the. Um, to the mix and jamie and i like jamie and i have written songs together for many many years and like there's no one on earth there's no jamie and i have a lot of fun writing music together and to be able to do it again in this band is absolutely brilliant so we were i think writing a little bit more distorted sort of harder ed stuff and then jamie came in softened it all up and we actually found some sort of equilibrium which is the newest songs that we're writing at the moment which haven't been recorded yet but
1: will as soon as isolation finishes yeah yeah so you talk about the whole um, emo pop, cunt, pop punk skate punk kind of thing is there any specific band that you draw inspiration on it's not a genre that i'm an absolute expert on so can you tell me a bit about some inspirations
2: i'd definitely say uh, probably Taking back sunday newfound glory to bands like that i reckon um what do you reckon like? Absolutely.
3: I reckon me, bands like that. Like, for me, like, my favourite band forever has always been, like, Chimit World or, um yeah, so there's a huge Chimit World influence in this. Um Definitely, like, Blink and Found and, and stuff like that. There's definitely, like, some older influences coming through, like bands like like Knapsack, I didn't even know existed, but, like, once I heard them, that's naturally the sort of, you know, core sort of riffs that jamie was doing there's 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 a little bit of like country influence which doesn't come out in like like vocals or um you know necessarily guitar um like riffs or anything but, but just chord progressions and places where jamie and i've come from um yeah bands like that like mid 2000s like yeah saves the today jimmy at world um you found
0: um hot water music bands like that yeah
2: Shows our age a bit, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so we've been in lockdown for almost five months now. It's really hard to think about, really. Um, when was the last time you guys had a gig? <laughs> God,
2: when was it? I think it was our show at The Tote, which was, it would have been March, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I reckon. Yeah, that I think it was March. Yeah, which was
3: really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon it'll be March. There, what was the? I think Jamie and I played a duo. Was that before or after? No, that was before. I think that
2: was before. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it would have been March. Was our last show, which is a bit of a shame, but yeah, definitely miss it. It
0: is. So you said it, you, it was at the Tote. How how good a venue is that? For yeah, like it's, pretty it's
2: pretty fun. It's
0: pretty fun. One of your favorites. Um.
3: Uh, I mean, in this current band, we've played there once. Yeah, just I once. Think. Um, Yeah, it's fun. Like, it's, I mean, anyone who goes and watches live music in Melbourne would know that the Tote's pretty iconic. Um, yeah, it was really cool. They looked after us. It's a really cool
0: place. Yeah, I don't know if um, Harper knows this, but I play for the Tote Footy Club. So, oh really? I oh, have a bit of cool. an affinity with the tote. So, <laughs> yeah, when, when I heard you say the tote, I was just like, oh, yes, yeah, t-. yeah,
1: that's good. Um, Speaking of footy, uh, you guys, sports fans at all or not? Nah?
2: Yeah, yeah, watch a little bit
1: of sport, so which is good. Tell us a bit about that.
2: Um, what do you
1: go for what sports?
2: Uh, I follow St Kilda and the AFL, um, and for oh, once, we're actually sense. Yeah, I was going to say for once we're actually um, doing all right and that's probably the one year that I don't even know if it counts, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I, I love a bit of a bit of ice hockey as well, so I watch a bit of the NHL. Okay. Yeah, so I, I follow uh, the Vegas Golden Knights in that. Um, I grew up uh, with a big soccer background, so I played it for probably 11 or 12 years growing up in uh, Tassie, and then I just kind of, yeah, watched a bit of APL and that kind of thing. Um, But, yeah, apart from that, like, I'll watch anything, to be honest. (laughs) um,
3: So I I grew up in New South Wales, so I guess a league background uh, or what I call league. Um, um, So Newcastle Knights fan, but in... In Victoria, I mean, I was always a Sydney Swans fan from from living there, so I still I still watch Sydney. Um, I think I've lost touch a little bit, but I'm trying to pick it up the last year or two. Um, I watch a lot of soccer. Um, big uh, Liverpool fan. Um, Newcastle Jets in A League, and um, I watch a bit of motor racing as well. Um, predominantly F1, a little bit of supercars, just from my dad.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um, Newcastle Jets, a, few, uh, a couple of years ago, was it 2018, had their first grand final up in Newcastle. I was lucky enough to get a ticket and go up as a victory fan. Did oh, you go yeah? to that or no? Nah?
3: No, I didn't go to that. I. Oh. No, that that would have been cool though. Um, I think the last – I have very fond memories of – it was around my – I can't remember if it was it – was it was one of the finals game. Was it – Maybe two years ago, Newcastle was playing. It was victory, wasn't it? It was, it was victory. In the grand grand victory yeah. I'm 99 sure it was victory. Yeah, so See, you would have beaten us to right? go through yeah, the yeah. So two, three years ago, you beat us, went through. Um, yeah, no, um, yeah, victory, a good side, but no one had a Jets guy. What a victory! Mate.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Shame Are of you, victory yeah. <laughs> I'm a heart person, well, city now, but. <laughs> I, I was, I, I was, like, in terms of like a Melbourne A-League like, side, I was a heart fan. I, I can't, I can't speak a lot about it just because I don't, I didn't spend a lot of time watching it before they, you know, but yeah, I, I loved heart. Um, and I just couldn't, I couldn't get on board the city thing. Um, and just, yeah, I mean, I already watched Jets anyway, but I, I, I like to have a Melbourne side to watch in Victoria, but I sort of just. Just went
2: back to Newcastle. I couldn't stay on board with City. Yeah, that's fair. Like, for me, it worked out well because I'm already a Manchester City fan. So I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: So definitely a bit of rivalry in the band when it comes to APL.
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially because Jamie's, I think Jamie's a Victory fan. So we always, you know, have a bit of a go at each other. Just, you know, a bit of banter.
3: Going <laughs> Victory um, in... Euro stuff
2: and he's a Liverpool
1: fan um yeah oh that's right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Sarah the, all the listeners probably know well, well they'll definitely know what had happened because they'll be listening to this after Monday but uh tell us a bit about your thoughts about tomorrow's grand final
2: oh mate actually I don't even know because I haven't been following it much oh, at all yeah. this year so I, I yeah I couldn't even tell you so <laughs> Unfortunately, I really should know, but sorry.
1: Will you be watching it?
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now that I know it's on, absolutely. <laughs> and I know I have been really terrible at actually following any sport at all this year. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'll definitely watch it.
1: Uh, yeah. So I think we've had. Good chat about the band and good chat about sports. So uh, we've asked you guys to join us for our traditional recommendation segment. You guys happy to do that?
3: Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so if you're a regular listener to the show, uh We uh, all suggest we're all in ISO at the moment, all in lockdown out here in Victoria. So we all suggest some music that we've been into and a TV show, a movie, and then just anything else that's been keeping us entertained. So uh, Jackson,
0: do you want to go first with some music? It's been pleasing you recently. Um, Well, I've just been getting back into all the playlists I have. And like, especially at work, we had, um, because no customers at work, we just made a playlist to play over through the store. So we haven't really been, I haven't really been investing a lot in music, but I started a new podcast uh, recently is um, he contacted us about possibly getting on the show. So if he's listening, email us back. Um, it's called the Yank on the Footy. So it's, a, it's an American guy who just fell in love with AFL. And I just like to hear his sort of thoughts, like as, a, as an American who knows a lot about, like who found out a lot about the sport and like actually learned about it instead of all these Americans who pick it up for the first time. And they're pretty famous of just like, oh my God, how, how can I know about this and this and this? But this guy's actually done the research and actually can do like, actual analysis and all that stuff it's really it's pretty interesting to listen to
3: yeah cool i'm trying to get into podcasts um i do you listen to podcasts
2: sarah yeah i do yeah
3: what do you listen to
2: um i listen to the downbeat uh which is hosted by craig reynolds Before you say anything,
3: i'm gonna assume that's a drumming podcast
2: uh, sort of, like it started off as just a drumming podcast, but it's he interviews a ton of musicians now. Not so, sure. um, but yeah, so it's Sarah, hosted by Sarah the drummer straight from the path.
3: Sarah is Sarah plays drums in the band, but Sarah is obsessed with drums. Sarah
1: lives <laughs> and
2: his <laughs> drums. You don't get it, look. It's it's. <laughs> it is my life.
1: Yeah. How did you get into drums? Is it something from when you were a kid or more recent?
2: Yeah, I played drums when I was at school, um, which was a long time ago now, uh, but I never had a kid, so it was always uh, just like, you know, during music class or at lunchtime I'd go into the band room and have a bit of a play. Um, but then I didn't play again for years after that, maybe like eight years. And then I moved up to Melbourne around six years ago now. Um, and my best mate who moved up from Tassie as well a little while later, um, he got he's a drummer and he got me back into it. So, yeah, I just started playing drums through him and then I started getting lessons with Dan Kirby, who's the drummer in uh, Bliss and SO, uh 28 Days, those kind of bands. Um, and, yeah, so now I've been playing for three years, I think. So, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, just getting back on track though. Uh, Lockie, uh, tell us about some music you've been listening to in the last few weeks of lockdown.
3: Um, yeah, so I think I—I I mean, historically, I've always listened to like a lot of punk bands and then country bands. But the last couple of the well, last couple of months, um, I was introduced to um, an American singer called Laura Stevenson. Um, mm-hmm. It's like folky, sort of poppy. Um, I think she played with Jeff stock in from the music industry for a period of time, but she's a solo artist in her own right and um, she's amazing. And um, I, I'm pretty late to the um, parade, but Phoebe Bridges, if you listen to Phoebe Bridges, like her new record, Punisher, is um, amazing. Um but all of her stuff is brilliant. Like I think from someone who sings, like listening to someone like her, like she's so soft um, and that's just, yeah, I don't know if this makes sense to anyone, but sometimes when you're writing songs, you're like, oh, I need to project a little bit more. But she, her, her best, like all the magic happens in that like soft, low register and there's no need to get loud or yell. They're just the prettiest songs in the universe um, and they're just so soft and they're perfect. So Phoebe Bridgers, is hands down like absolute someone that I came on to just a short period of time ago and I absolutely adore. So Phoebe and Laura, um, yeah, they're probably my the two most recent things I'd say. Yeah
1: uh, speaking of or the opposite of not getting too loud and yelling. Uh, we actually had a band called rock and vaults. We had a chat with them, but unfortunately couldn't go to air and they're, um, kind of very hard rock, pub rock, Aussie, Melbourne band. Uh, so I was telling them, uh, my recommendation was, was a live album, uh, it was live at River Plate, ACDC. Uh, so that's in Argentina. It was from 2009, I believe. And, uh, Like you watch some YouTube videos of that and it's like insane. There's people going absolutely nuts. Like the atmosphere in Argentina is just crazy. Um, And some particular highlights from that live album, uh, Shoot to Thrill, that really good performance of that and Dirty Deeds done dirt cheap. Uh, That was really good. So if you're into that kind of stuff, definitely recommend giving that live album a listen. Um, Sarah, have you got a particular song or album that you'd recommend?
2: Oh, I think I've been spinning it to death. Actually, um, Polaris's most recent one, which is "The Death of Me," I think it's called. Um, that is a phenomenal album. Um, another one that I've been listening to, um, Northlane, just put out a live, a live album. It was recorded at um, what's it called? Is it is it the Roundhouse in Sydney? Yeah, right. that it was called. Yeah, yeah Very it's recorded there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're, they're great if you like uh, heavy music. Um, but I think there's a few classic albums that I always go back to, like you can't really go wrong with a bit of classic Blink. <laughs> I, that's one I always go back to. I
3: was just playing my house before while I was gearing up to um, come upstairs and I was. I said to her, I'm like, I've never, I've never played, I've never really had an interest in playing other people's songs, but um, enter of the State, I can play, I think, 75% of, and maybe I should just learn the rest of the songs and do like an enter of the State thing. Like, <laughs> Blinks are, Blinks are um,
2: they're all
0: time,
3: all time.
2: Can't go wrong.
0: <laughs> I should uh, quickly mention, so... Um, with the rocking vault episode that didn't go to air. I did mention, I'll just use my recommendation from that one. It, um so during the first lockdown, I really got into it, it. It had been out for a while, but I was listening to the new storms, album, which is yeah. um, so I'm pretty into the grime and all that sort of rap sort of thing. But uh, his album, it's just a lot of different genres that he's trying to get into. Like he sings in this, like you don't really hear that from a grime, grime artist a lot. You don't hear them sing, but he sings in this. Uh, he has a, a few tunes with Ed Sheeran that like, are like really pretty uh, funky and, and have a bit of reggae vibes. So if anyone's sort of interested in that, like uh, hearing a bit of difference from a, a grime artist, not really just the um, really fast bars sort of thing, that Santi album is um, album's a very good listen. What is, yeah,
3: nice. What is, um, just for my learning, What is what do you mean by grime?
0: What is that? Uh, so uh, grime is sort of British rap. Instead of, like, um, it's a little bit harder, um, a little bit faster. Um, Instead of, like, you know, the traditional American rap, like the two-pack and all that stuff where there's sort of low sort of beats, slow sort of rapping, whereas, like, the grime goes a little bit faster. It has a little bit more, like, Afro beat in there. Yeah, got it. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I definitely I recommend checking out Stormzy. I
3: listen to... So what, I'm just looking at my phone. So Heavy is the Head is the newest yeah. album. I listened to that when it came out, and I think the one before, I only listened to it like once or twice, um, but I, I genuinely liked it. I had this tiny little dalliance with rap, um, and I think it, maybe it was from a lyrics point of view or, um, like, I'm not sure how I got into it, but... Um, n- like, I'm not wrong in saying, like,
1: he's he's pretty, like, revered. isn't? Like, he's... Yeah, yeah, he's, a, he's a pretty, like, pretty good pretty guy. Cool. Like,
0: if you just hear interviews with him, he's, he's not like, I'm going to um, go spend money on prostitutes and all this stuff. He's, he's yeah. genuinely, like, a pretty... Yeah. Um, wants to care for the community and all that stuff. So if you listen to Crown... Um, which is the headline song of that of that album? Yeah. He sings and it's very like it's very emotional. And then you go to I'm um, uh, just trying to think of all the other songs in that album. But there's another one where it's like it's very hard. And I think one of them is a diss track to, to another artist. So he can go from being very emotional to being very like I'm gonna yeah. end your career, basically. Yeah, <laughs> And he's definitely helped it go
1: more mainstream as well. Like, um, yeah, more than definitely. I, I knew nothing about Grime before. He came along and now, like, he's got some good songs, like uh, I think probably his most well-known one. Would you agree, Jackson? Vossybop? Yeah, That That is a a tune. I'm a big fan of VossiBot. Yeah, I think we should move on to our next section, though. Uh, TV shows or movies, Uh, just a TV show or movie that you've been getting into, maybe binge-watching, if it's a TV show, in the last few weeks. Uh, Sarah, do you want to go first? Um.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't really watch that much TV, um, but the new season of Wentworth has just started, so I've been watching that, um, which is pretty cool. It's uh, kind of like it's based off an old TV show, I think it was called Prisoner. Um, I don't know if you guys know much about it, but, yeah, it's pretty good. I don't want to really go into it in case I spoil it for anyone who hasn't caught up, (laughs) but, you know, um, yeah, that's Probably the only show
1: I've been watching lately. Lachlan, what about
3: you? I, so many. Um, I watch really terrible movies, but people, I have this, (laughs) yeah, I, it's a joke to other people, but to me it's very serious. People would say that Adam Sandler movies only got, worse, I would say they got exponentially better. <laughs> 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 just like, I don't know, luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's big <been> call. <cool. laughs> it feels like I just love, I mean, I just watch really silly movies. Like I like, I love Adam Sandler movies. I love, like, Fast and Furious. I love, um, yeah, just really silly stuff, but it's just the best. Like, um, in terms of TV shows, um, I've been watching The Sopranos lately, um, which is epic. I've been watching iZombie, which is on Stan, which is, I think, the same producer as, like, Victoria, um, um, what's her name, Veronica Mars? I think it's the same producer as Veronica Mars or somehow linked to, like, Buffy or Veronica Mars or something. It's, like, this this girl who gets um, turned into a zombie but doesn't want to kill people, so eats brains. She gets a job at, like, a local... Um, um, whatever that place is called, where you process their bodies and eats their brains but absorbs their memories and helps some police officer um, solve crimes. It's it's awesome. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I watch a lot of stuff, but a lot of terrible, terrible stuff.
0: <laughs> Jackson, how about you, mate? Um, so as a lot of people, like just seeing Seinfeld on TV for years and years and years, just seeing episodes here and there, I was looking on Stan for something to watch and I was just like, I've never really watched through Seinfeld. So I've just started Seinfeld. Um, yeah. I think I'm like, I've done three seasons in two days, which is normal for some people, but, um, yes, yeah, so I'm watching through Seinfeld. It's just pretty funny. Just seeing all these like sort of memes that I've seen through the years, just, Oh, that's that episode. All right, cool. Mm. Now I know it. Yeah, that's awesome. Harper. What about you, man?
1: Seinfeld, definitely well worth a watch, but, um, I was going to recommend, I'd recommend it in the rock and vaults one that didn't go to air again. Uh, Black Mirror, I'm sure you guys have all heard of that, I reckon. Uh, It's kind of dystopian, sci-fi. It's a British uh, show, Uh, so it's got all like kind of technology that's not too far in the future. Uh, Like It seems like it could be realistic in 10 years or so, but it's just like an absolute dystopian world, so um, it's just some crazy, depressing stuff going on, Um, but it's really, really good. Every episode, uh, the episodes aren't related to each other at all, but every episode... Well worth a watch. Can't think of one that I haven't enjoyed. Uh, it's got five seasons and 20, 22, 23, I want to say, 20, uh, that amount of episodes. Yeah. So definitely uh, recommend that. Um, and anything else that you've got, Sarah, that you'd recommend for Issa?
2: Um, no, not really. I mean, I I mean, I play a little bit of uh, like Xbox and, and stuff like that. I always go back to Dark Souls all the time I don't know if you guys have played it but it's it's a commitment but oh my god it's probably one of the best games ever I would say it's um uh like a adventure kind of style game and you just get dropped uh into like when you when you first started you just get dropped into the world and they're pretty much like all right go for it no map no nothing and it's just yeah it's pretty fun
1: yeah, I had a friend recommend that to me, actually. So I might have to give it a look. Um, sounds pretty good. But what about you,
0: Jackson, for something that's been keeping you entertained? Well, literally nothing because I've just been at work all, all week. So when I get home from work, I'm pretty tired. So I either chuck on Seinfeld or play a bit of Football Manager. Actually, no, I've been playing uh, Four Guys a lot recently. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have a PlayStation 4, but um, it's a game that came out basically for free. And it's just like a battle royale to try and get your little guy to the end of this fucking obstacle course. It's like Wipeout, but like on a video game. Yeah,
3: cool. Yeah, that's cool. Me, I, so ISO activities, yeah. My ISO activity, I'll say two, I'll say two, Um, which feeds probably into the other TV shows watching. I, Huge CrossFit fan, a couple of movies on CrossFit, Redeem and Dominant, one of them, which is epic. Um, So, yeah, I have a bunch of stuff that I got from CrossFit Docklands where I go to, which is in the garage. So I definitely do normal CrossFit still at home, which I love. Um, And then the very polar opposite of something as healthy as CrossFit is I just really like drinking wine and making bread products like <laughs> and i was talking to my girlfriend about this like apparently it was a joke about like people learning how to make sourdough and stuff like this i didn't even realize it was happening to me but i learned how to make bread i started making bagels um made pasta i sent you videos of like me rolling out pasta sarah like looked pretty good good <laughs> Anything
1: to do with wheat and wine with some music on is definitely a big ISO activity of mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and for something that's not music or TV show or movie or anything like that, uh, it's a podcast. Uh, it's I would like to say it's kind of similar to our own. Uh, it's called that Peter Crouch podcast. You guys, have, as big Premier League fans, you probably would have heard of Peter Crouch. I'm guessing heard of yep. him, don't know yeah. and so he's uh, he's recently retired but in the last few seasons of his career and uh, following his retirement uh, he teamed up with like a journalist and like a radio DJ something like that um, and they interview they started off just interviewing other footballers or coaches but now they just branch out into everything they, uh, they actually had Prince William on the show for their season finale the really? other day oh, uh, There you go. yeah so ah. that, that was actually pretty entertaining Prince William I'm um, not too much of a Monarchist, not really into that kind of stuff, but Prince William, entertaining guys, got some good banter about him. Uh, so definitely recommend it, that Peter Crouch podcast. But just quickly actually, uh, how can people check out the band on socials or online, anything like that?
2: Yeah, we're, we're on, we've got all the socials covered basically, so Facebook and Instagram. Um, our music's up uh, pretty much everywhere as well, so Spotify, uh, Apple Music. Um, we're on Bandcamp as well, so feel free to check that out. <laughs> um, got some merch up on Bandcamp as well. If you end up digging our tunes and want to support us, um, but yeah, we're that's where we are,
1: <laughs> guys. Uh, we've got to move on to our next guest. We're quickly running out of time, yep. so big thank you for coming on, guys.
2: Thanks uh, yeah, for, so so
0: for having us. And joining us now, our next guest, who's a good friend of mine and uh, of. Teammate over many years, uh, good old and Rajab. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, good. Thanks, mate, for a few years, but I think not enough court time together. No, right, <laughs> uh, I what, Jackson? I think at the tournaments, I think we had a lot of game time together. As you know, a good mate of mine, uh, I consider myself a tournament player, so he's playing a lot of the tournaments together.
4: Yeah, the
0: original impact player. I don't know how it costs you your title, but yeah. <laughs> I know, literally. And how does no one know this? Um but yeah, so we're just uh we're having you on the pod because um you have a massive influence over Futsal uh a place we both play at, um, Harper and I, all three of us we play at. Um so we just want to learn about how you got started in Futsal and how you started the club uh known as Carlton Hart.
4: Okay. Um I'll just the first question, I think, to start with, um, how I think I started in futsal. Um, I was playing at Brunswick City, out for soccer. I think I would have been, I was under 16, so i um, not sure exactly how it happened, but I ended up playing with a bunch of those guys who asked me to come, I was goalkeeper back then, asked me to come fill in futsal. So I did then, um, apparently, which I only found out recently, the league we were playing in was known as big league back then. So a lot of the games you see, you would have seen the Brunswick logo on my poster. Um, yeah, we were Brunswick. It was um, me and a couple of other 15, 16-year-olds getting slapped every week by a bunch of really good players. So, hey, yeah, that's how, that's how um, I got into football. I just loved it from the start, actually. Um, um, and over time, um, at one point, I broke my wrist and I couldn't goalkeeper anymore. So I just started playing. So... Um, it's amazing how things work out that way, but that's how it happens. Um, in regards to Carlton, um, I was playing with um, Alstonwick in the B League um, at one stage, and I still have my social league team um, with Jose Nathan, um, Janet, a lot of those guys, J- JP, Mac. We and we were a very good social league team. We we made the grand final a few seasons in a row, and I, um, at Alstonwick. We just got promoted from State League to V League with, you know, the boys, Steve Nikolaidis, Kurt Marotta, Lauren those guys, George Panna, Andrew just all the boys. Um, yeah, so halfway through the season, um, League One started. So League One started a bit, it was the first ever season of League One. And Theo Lascaris, the um, old manager of the league back then, he, the, I'm not sure if he's the commissioner or, or not, but he asked, us, asked me to put um, my social team in the play of Carlton, which I did without myself. They'd they played the first six games without me. I was still in B-League. Um, um, and they'd lost the first six games. So I made a promise to them that if they were struggling, I'd come and join them. they lost the first six games. So after that it was the transfer period, um, halfway through the B-League season. And yeah, the rest of history. Um, and just to toot my horn, horn a little bit, we lost the first six games, and once I joined, we didn't lose a game for
1: the rest of the season. So, I figure So How long ago was that, did you say? That would have been 2012. 2012. Oh, yeah.
4: I started playing in um, the first ever season, which was 2006, 2006 2007 for Football but I started playing for Carlton 2012.
3: That's when we started, yeah.
1: Yeah, so obviously um Futsal Laws and Carlton Hearts evolved heaps since then. It's evolving all the time, getting bigger and bigger. Um, and now how many how many SFV totals have Carlton won? Three, is it, or two? Yeah, three. Three back to back to back, which uh, I
4: think is with only the second team to ever to manage that. But yeah, um, it was awesome. It was an awesome period in the club where a lot of good people out. So trying to replicate it is tough. Um, Jackson knows that it took a not just, you know, talented players, but took a great culture. We had an amazing culture and um, um, hopefully, and you'd know too hard, but you were part of the club during that time where I think everyone at the club at that time felt a part of the club, from seniors to juniors, everyone felt connected. So that was, um, yeah, was amazing. And we won a series for Australia in that time too, which was an amazing achievement for, for the team.
0: Yeah, I can definitely attest to that being like a great club culture. I think a lot of teams are trying to replicate that now. Just the way we were at that time, um, yeah. So go into that sort of that period where we got relegated and then we came back up. So can you explain how we sort, of, you sort of rebuilt the club, being the president and the and the captain? Uh, um,
4: yeah. It was again um, a lot of things went well for us. I think even though we were getting relegated, um, I think one of the main catalysts for us was when we went up to Byron Bay. Peter um, uh, sort of a bunch of us under the Carlton name, along with, you know, we had Scott and Cosby, still very young at that time. Um, and Peter gave us a, a, a style of play-to-play and which we sort of um, took on board for the rest of the Carlton, um, uh, I guess, Carlton um, dynasty, that that three-season dynasty where we won. Um, so just before we got relegated, that happened. Um, and then, obviously, we had a few players that, Um, left the club being Khaled, uh, Moayash, Joaquin, and Cam Holmes, um, at that time, which was a, um, it was a blow, but also an opportunity because they allowed us, I think that's when you started to get some game time yourself, Jack. Um, Zach, I say came into the club at that time, HD, um, and they left the room, um, so, and Frank came in. Ernie did a great job, brought in Frank as a manager. And the rebuild started from there. So we'd already signed players, um, uh, signed young players going into the state league season. Um, so when we got relegated, um, it was it was a challenge. Uh, um, but we were confident. We were confident. Frank had put his stamp his style down. You know that belief. Um, again, Jackson, you'd know we had the belief. Week week Ricky Um We could have been three 0 down um, three minutes ago, and we sort of come up Trump. So as a sort of belief Frank instilled in the Carlton club. But, um, I think that state league season was so important because we didn't just win it. We annihilated it. We, um, um, and I mean, like, you know, I'd say, I'd say really stood up. He really showed himself that season. Um, Tambo and Nam, who it was their first season, with us as keepers, uh, great signings as well, gave him a lot of confidence. And I think we lost one game for that season. Um, so, which, again, it was um, it was quite an achievement. So, um, obviously, um, not many people know this. Some people would have seen, but I think we lost the game to Gorland when we were up in Mount Evelyn before we got relegated. And um, I didn't talk to anyone after the game. I just sat there in the grandstands crying. Um, that's how much it meant to me. So um, being able to bounce back so quickly was so important for myself. And um, I'm sure a lot of people on the team shared that sentiment, which is great
1: yeah so the people that don't know about uh futsal laws and serious futsal uh obviously a lot of our listeners will be listening from that. but tell us a bit about the structure and uh the professionalism and like all the different elements of the serious futsal
4: yeah culture. I guess um one really uh positive thing about futsal is. Futsal Oz really is the promotion relegation structure, which um, a lot of other futsal leagues have struggled to emulate um, and even the A-League, as we all know. Um, that's that's the, um, I think, what's driven um, futsal Oz. We've got um, teams at the very top, serious futsal right through to State League 3, and you have teams like um, Carlton, uh, Regent, Camberfield, who all started off as social league teams um, at one point or another and um, ended up playing in serious futsal so that's the great thing about the serious futsal structure that there is an elite structure so um we have serious futsal state league right down to league three so um leagues underpinning that and then there's that option um we have our uh, premier leagues across the three centers and um teams have um, the ability to get promoted from social leagues into higher leagues so there's about there's about four or five divisions on every single night for at Futsal laws, ranging from juniors to seniors. So um, amazing setup there. And, um, on, you know, it's not just about Futsal. The the thing is, we what we do well is that we connect people um, and, and we keep it competitive. So first of all, having so many teams allows us to place teams in a comfortable league where they're not getting smashed every week or they're not smashing every teams every week. So that's... Um that helps keep the teams um, um, interested, I guess um, but also um, we're really good at connecting people. We do a lot of videos, a lot of highlights, a lot of social uh, social media um, people like yourself do great stuff with these podcasts nowadays. so it's amazing that um, the opportunities and the friendships you make and the relationships you can develop there um and we provide those sort of platforms for people to do so that's that's amazing you know and we have our um, our presentation nights now and people do get together then um yeah it's more it's not just about futsal it's it's a better lot more um than futsal at futsal odds, that's
0: for sure yeah more than definitely um so do you want to talk about so the uh the culmination of that sort of dynasty was the series futsal australia title do you want to talk about how many hours of sweat blood and tears you put into that like winning the three legs, failing at the last two sfas in the semi-finals and the and the quarterfinals, I think it was. Oh no, semi-finals in both, um, all culminating into that series with the Australian Yeah, win.
4: Um, yeah. For me, obviously, like I said, it started in 2012 when Carlton started. So for me, it was um, when we got first got promoted to V League. Um, we had like a little t- taste of not success, but almost. We we finished runners up to Pascal Vale in our first ever. Uh, sorry, um, in our I guess promotion season, we got promoted. Finished runners up and um but um it gave us a test and we, uh, a taste and we were one of the first teams bar Pascal Vale and the Vipers, i'd say to be training consistently week in week out actually we started training from when we got to the state league um so we were training week in week out um so that's that's what it meant to me that i knew where i wanted to go um i knew where i wanted carlson to be at that time I didn't want us to be just a, a hang around there team. You've seen teams like Metro, Ashburton, um, Hume, been there for a long time and haven't been able to win the league. So um, that's that's where it started for me. But um, once we got relegated and then got promoted, I think um, people start, really started to jump on board. Um, Frank. Um, put a lot of effort into me personally as leader. Ernie put into a, a lot of effort into everyone, more effort into training. Um, and, uh, you know, we had Joey Conroy join our, our committee, um, the girls, Ella, Celia, uh, Rebecca Drew, they were um, key at that time as well. But yeah, like you said, we, we were dominant in the league, but for whatever reason it came to SFA... And we just weren't able to put it together. We got knocked out in um, two semi-finals back to back, in Adelaide and in Brisbane. I think on both those occasions, we we uh, the first one definitely we went in with an undermanned team. Um, we lost Ben Rigby and a couple of others before this um, before we went up there. The one in Brisbane that was um, that was also tough. Um, we lost to a Western Sydney team, uh, which. Had um, Andre Joel De Silva, and I think um, some Rahaney or, or something like that. So we lost it to a team that was really built up, built up of Pascal Vale. didn't qualify that season, um, so that was uh, that was a real bummer for us as well. Um, but yeah, the one we won in Melbourne, that was yeah, it was great. I um, mean, I think it took a lot of energy. We knew we were going to lose Arte and Zach that season, so they told they told me. Um, told, told us a few weeks earlier. And so we sort of knew this was really our last crack at it. Um, we had Jeff Byrne and uh, Rebecca Davies coaching and Frank who hadn't coached that season had come along to support us for SFA. So a lot of people came in to that last season and to really add, and to that SFA to really um, emphasize that, you know, this is, this is going to be our last chance for for a little bit. Um, let's make it count. And so, and we absolutely, absolutely did that. We made a great call with signing Ryan Timmons, I think, as well, um, to, to that SFA. And, um, you know, um, it just, yeah, um, it was very relieving. Um, you know, probably pinnacle of, um, Carlton at the moment, that winning the SFA was very, was very, um, uh, humbling to win that. Um, and what was more humbling, I think, after a people I haven't heard from, from, five or six years were messaging me congratulating me so because they understood they understood how how long we've been working for this and it was great that to have that respect from people as well
0: yeah because anyone who knows you is uh Mm. you are live and breathe Carlton realistically um and it's great to see like you want that passion when it comes to these sports um I can say from personal experience that SFA I think we just had more of a more of a well-oiled machine Definitely. as a team compared to the Adelaide and the Brisbane. Like I think we were very young in Adelaide. I think we did have the experienced players, but then a lot of our like coming off the bench were very young and not very used to. And
4: those absolutely, just if I'm sorry to cut you off, um, you touched on it right there. People forget how young we were. Besides Ernie, so in our first test, I say I was 27, and Ernie would have been about 30. And everyone else was probably twenty two, twenty-three or younger. That's a really young squad to first of all win a lot of league and then be competing in SFA against a lot more um senior players.
0: Yeah, literally. We I think in Adelaide we came against um the G- the Giovanelli brothers who have been playing for Australia for years and years and years. And then um in Brisbane, like again, sort of a young team. I think I think the two recruits we made were Samel who was um yeah. still 18, 19, 20 at that time, and Michele Salvi, and then but then the third one I think we sort of got a right. we're all mature, we're all like, no, we gotta this is sort of the last dance, if you if you will. Um and that one, like even in the games where you, Ernie, Arturo didn't play, we still yeah. smashed teams. I think we um played against Jeps Cross and we won 8-0 with a team of relatively like yeah. substitute players. So it was just a matter of like, we could have, if you were out, I think you were out because you were injured or just couldn't make that game. So we put everyone yeah. else in and we could still get a result. So I think that And was it really
4: speaks for the SFA. depth we had for three seasons. Um, we didn't come together for SFA, but the depth we had for three seasons. Um, I said a, I said a lot of the time that a lot of our bench players or even some of our players that weren't getting games could have probably walked into any other serious futsal side and um, really. Either start or at least be a contributing member off the bench. So, um, yeah, it really speaks to the sort of depth we had um, that Jeff's cross game where, you, like you said, a lot of us didn't actually play. Yeah.
1: Um, I think uh, SFV and Futsal Oz, it's obviously SFA in an elite league um, and. In some ways, in a lot of ways, it's got more organisation to it. It looks more organised than the A-League from the outside. Uh, it just looks very professional and slick, everything like that. But as the um, president and as well a player of Carlton, uh, I've always been curious uh, in, for the senior team, how do you go about uh, like recruitment? Is it always people come to you or you go to them or how much of each side is it?
4: Um, I'll get to that in a sec, but... Just um, back to the organisation, I think that's um, just a product of caring. I, um, the people that I think look after the A-League don't care. Um, their main goal is um, immediate profit, they're not there for long-term, they're not there for long-term profit, even long-term profit would be better than medium, um, short-term profit, they're there for short-term profit. Get out of there. So that's that's what's going wrong with the A League. The A Leagues are um, not about uh, the people behind it. Are dead business people. They're not. They're not football lovers. They're not sport lovers. They're there for themselves. So I think that's the difference between footy laws and the people that run the clubs. You see people like B Man, Q, um, myself, Andre. We're not there to make money. We're there to because we love the game. So that's why that works so well. Um, your question in terms of um, players and approaching players. It's a bit of boast, you know. You never really want to bring a player into the club um, that's not going to obviously take um, someone else's position, right? It, um, so um, you really, I think the only we only we only approached players a few times to come to the club. Rico was one of them. Ben Rigby was one of them. Um, trying to think of anyone else you in general um, I sort of approached us to come to play for us um, so it's just about it's a mix you know the, the main thing before that is developing relationships you know the squad, squad I built over the years was relationships Arte, Arte messaged me um, Zach was brought in by one of his friends so it's not, um, I'm not sure Jackson I can't even remember how you came to Carlton would you remember, did I ask you, did you ask
0: me um I think I was playing at Asperton at the time, and I think you sort of saw that we weren't training or anything, and I think I trained with you, and then you sort of asked me to come and be yeah. on the bench one oh, day. there you
4: go. So it, that's how it sort of developed, Harper. It's um, it's never uh, – you never really make a decision there and there on the spot. Um, you know, sometimes you'll get together, make a list of what you need, but other times you, you'll just let the um, – the, uh, I guess the players work themselves out. They know if they want to play for you or not. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, the players do it for me. Locky Ramadan, I didn't ask him. A couple of the boys were talking to him. And in the end, they said he wants to come play for us. So that's how that happens. Like it's never, uh, Tom, Tom told us in, um, nationals. And I said to him, there's a position, um, after this, if you want to come and he came. So, yeah, we don't really make that decision. It's just, I guess, in the conversation. It just happens sometimes. I know, I know it's not the answer you're looking for, but that's really <laughs> how it is. We're, we're not like Moreland. We, we don't really target players. Um, but I guess Moreland does the same thing, but we don't have the money to just say, this is what we can offer you, we need you, sort of thing. So, yeah, we, we, we have a strong belief that the system works with whoever you've got as long as they're willing.
0: Uh, one last question on Carlton. Yeah. So you said it started with a men's team just a men's senior team in 2012, it's 2020. How big has the club got within just, not just the senior men's, but in all the way down, how big is the club? Yeah, got?
4: pre-coronavirus, um, if I remember correctly, I can't, I can't remember exactly, um, it was 20-odd teams, something like that. Um, juniors, 16s, 21s, men, women, women's youth um so uh yeah it's grown it grew grew so fast and again just the the platform futsalod has given us to grow has been amazing so and it gives people opportunity i know i didn't have that opportunity as a kid i had to like force my way into teams force my way to play create my own team to play at the end of the day and um um you know these kids now have an opportunity because even um again example perfect example someone like you you've been in the system for a long time jacko and um, went through Ashburton, didn't work for you. Went through Carlton, sort of worked for you now. And Preston, I think you really broke out, and I think you're at Fitzroy now, sort of. So, um, what an opportunity that is, you know. And how old are you now, Jacko? Twenty two. Yeah, twenty two. So, uh, mind you, I didn't. Um, my first season in Carlton, um, I was I was twenty two years old in League One. So, um, it gives people that um, time. Um, keeps you in the game Whereas I think if it, you were in that situation back then You might not have got an opportunity with several different clubs So um, I think it's, um, it's great that system we have now That clubs can really build And um, the clubs that have um, juniors And have um, such a broad um, system And opportunity for, for younger players They're the ones that will thrive um, in the long run um, you see, Carlton Fitzroy Pascoe have been up there for a long time now, um, and I think um, any other club that doesn't do that really sets themselves up to to make it difficult—not to fail, but just makes it difficult for them to keep up for a long time. Again, I
0: can sort of attest to that being part of the junior sort of system, coaching for Carlton for for a few years, and uh, actually co- coaching Harper for a, yeah, for a yeah. while there. Um, that it's just yeah, it's it's great to see these kids have such a yeah. passion in the club that. Um, realistically was only five or six years old at that time, but I have the passion to play for that club, wanting to play for that club and just yeah. wanting to go up to the- uh, that club is, is amazing. Uh, 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 uh-
4: They work out at some point that they can't play, but they can coach. Um, So they end up coaching, you know, and, um, you know, again, we connect people and you guys have become connected. You guys have your own podcast, which is great. You're all involved um, in in some way or other. So the system allows for um, all types of people, all types of talents, all types of interests to still be connected through the one sport, which is amazing.
1: Now, I guess moving on to, not so much. Uh, you're playing and coaching of sport, but you're supporting of sport. Uh, we hear you're a big Everton fan. Oh,
4: out. yeah, love Everton. Um, a bit frustrated a couple of seasons uh, for the last couple of seasons, but yeah, um, since probably around the Cahill era, um, yeah, I've been a huge fan since then for sure.
0: So, is is that how you got into Everton, the Cahill era? Yeah, essentially,
4: I was. It wasn't specifically Cahill. Um, I I remember. Switching on, it was um, Everton versus Chelsea, and I, I recognised Cahill. And um, that game, he scored an overhead chiseled kick in the eighty minute to equalise the, um, the game. And then I watched in the next leg, and I think they played Manchester United, and they um, they beat Manchester United. I'm like, this seems pretty good, and. Um, <laughs> I kept watching them, and I just fell in love with them. They were great sides. They finished top four that season. They finished fourth, but um, missed out on Champions League because Liverpool were defending champions and um, took their spot. We had to go through the Europa League. I'm um, oh, sorry for qualifications a loss, but it was amazing. You know, the, the play It was good quality players. The, the team they had was built um, around the money they made from selling Wayne Rooney. We brought in um, Lee Carsley, um, Tim Cahill, as I mentioned, Stephen Pina, Ateta. Good players, you know, um, Gravison. So we had a pretty good team back then, and it's a shame we never got to play Champions League.
1: Yeah, uh, we've actually got an Everton related giveaway uh, that we'll talk about at the end of the show. Oh, awesome. But um, tell us, what, what do you make of Everton coming up this season, 2020, 2021?
4: This season? Uh, look, I, I, I like Ancelotti. Um, I think that's the first time since Moyes, um we've had a coach Actually like because we've often signed managers, I should say managers, who don't have experience in success really. I um, mean if you sign managers who don't have success then you set yourself up for mediocre performances and we've seen that over the last few seasons. Uh, we've got a lot to do in terms of signings um, I think what Moyes did really well, he, he signed mainly younger players um, who he saw talent in that no one really else saw. Um, what a lot of managers have done since then have, saw, have saw, signed recycled players. Um, and you really don't want to be bringing in too many recycled players time and time again. And, um, you know, if you are going to do that, you've got to play a really good brand of um, football. And that hasn't been ever since. You know, they've been pretty boring style of football last couple of seasons. That's probably been the most frustrating. I don't mind my team losing, but um, the way you lose is, yeah, tell tells a different story, that's for sure.
0: Uh also, I, I know you're a big Carlton. Yes. Man, and uh especially tomorrow, we got the the big rivalry game tomorrow.
4: Yeah. Yes, um, it'll
0: be, it'll be um, Monday when this is released, so we're we're recording this on the Saturday, yeah. so we'll know the result by the time this is released, but uh, for now, it's a big rivalry game, are you excited? Yeah, I'm, re-
4: I'm very excited, I'm actually, and you're welcome to join me boys, if you want, I'll post a link on my Facebook page, anyone that wants to join <laughs> my Google Meets, because we can't get to get it and watch it obviously, have a few beers and, and um, watch the game, you're welcome to. Um, this is the biggest game we've been involved in for a long time. Um, last couple of weeks have been big for us against Gold Coast, Fremantle, Um, but if we beat Collingwood, um, we have a chance in the, a. I know Jackson, you my missus is a Collingwood supporter too. So <laughs> I've told her she's going to watch the game upstairs. I'll be there. Only- <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, nah, um, Again, and it goes, um, same thing as what I was saying about Everton. The most frustrating thing about Carlton before Teague was boring football. Since Brett Radden, we've played boring football, and it was um, bad to watch. Um, it was hard to watch. I was I was a member through our first three wooden spoons, and I went to almost every game because even though we were getting we were losing, um, it was good football. It was entertaining. We had Favola still. Eddie Best was with us back then. We were still playing good football, um, but... That hasn't been the case up until Teague's takeover. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting times. Win or lose, I'm sure it'll be a good brand of football that we play.
0: Yeah, definitely watching. Just um, that Gold Coast game last week is very good to watch. Um, especially having Eddie back, I think it's helped you guys a lot. Just get that experience back in. Yeah. That's one thing you sort of lacked is... is um. High profile experience Like you had the guys Who were there For for years and years and years mm. But just that Sort of Eddie Betts Sort of influence Has been really good for you yeah, guys Yeah his
4: leadership's been Great no doubt I'm, I mean I'm not involved In the club myself But um, <laughs> You can always tell that um, You know he, he doesn't need to have A good game To have an influential game If that makes sense uh, he, He's always smiling He's um, always giving advice I guess You can see him Getting around uh, the, the His teammates So Good, it's good to have, you know, and with Cripper, Cripper still a young leader, I guess. Um they um, you know, you've got Simo, Simo and Doc as well. So, you know, good leadership group they've built there now and you know Eddie Beth just adds to that.
1: Uh yeah, so I'm not sure if you've listened to the show before, uh, Charles, but uh Jackson will know we do a bit of a quiz at the end of the show. So you Sorry. ready
4: for that, you guys? I'm, not, I'm never ready, but we can try anyway. <laughs>
1: So uh, I've got eight questions uh, on this one. So uh, they're all – oh, actually, I'd say this one's pretty – it's pretty general knowledge. So it's just you two going to be going up against each other. Uh, Your name's your buzzer. Uh, And Jackson's on a bit of a hot streak at the moment. I think he's got two or three in a row. All right. So uh, look out for him. (laughs) But uh, first question. So Ronald Koeman uh, has managed Everton and Barcelona, your two football teams. Can you name two – of the nine other teams he's managed,
0: Jackson, Jackson, uh, Southampton, and the Dutch national team. Yes, that is correct. And um,
1: so the most recent ones were uh, Southampton, uh, Everton, the Dutch national team, and Barcelona. So, and before that, they had uh, he was coaching Vitesse, Ajax, Benfica, PSV, Valencia. Uh, AZ Alkmaar and Feyenoord
4: I so should have yeah. known that actually yeah. I, I actually knew both that he coached the Dutch team and Southampton and I didn't think about it picking <laughs> up
1: Yeah, yeah, had enough. a great playing what, as well uh, I believe
4: uh, my, uh, I watch the chase daily and I'm always so good <laughs> at it if I don't do well on the my missus is going <laughs> to give me because I was told her I should <laughs> do on this show so, It's
1: always uh, different when you're know, on that show, and show I'm a big fan of that
4: it is. It's, it is a cracking joke. Um, it's awesome to test your general knowledge, but I, I even applied for it. So if, if I don't do well here, yeah, I'm going to break my application. So
1: <laughs> it was a <laughs> as, as soon as I turn 18 next year, uh, I'm applied straight for that show because I, I kill it when I watch it on the TV <laughs> every time. Uh, <laughs> anyway, question two. So can you tell me which entertainment company was forced to change its name due to a dispute with the worldwide fund yeah, for nature? Yeah, W uh,
4: World
1: Wrestling Federation, WWE. Uh, Yeah, the WWE World Wildlife Foundation. Yeah, you know why? He's levelled up to one all. Uh, We moved on. Question three. Can you tell me a bit of a historical one? Who was the Empress of India from 1876 until her death on the Isle of Wight in 1901? I, I literally don't know. I'm not. I'm no good at my history. The, the Isle of Wight, it's uh, part of Great Britain. That uh, might give you a bit of a clue. I'll tell you, it's Queen Victoria. Yeah. Fair uh, enough. Uh, <laughs> the India threw me off.
0: That,
1: anyway, one all. No idea. Uh, question four. In 2009, Heath Ledger became the second performer ever to be given a posthumous acting Oscar. Charves. for His role in the, go for it. Ed Joker and Batman Dark Knight. That is incorrect. I'll the question. Jackson's got three years. Uh so it is the second performer to be given a posthumous acting Oscar for his role in the Dark Knight. What award did he win?
0: Ah. Oh, uh is it best supporting actor? That is correct. Ahead, It's two one. It was worth a crack. Question five. <laughs> yeah, worth
1: it. It was definitely worth it. <laughs> question five, boys. Uh you guys uh, don't work in maths too much at the moment, but were you any good at maths in school? Mm, nah, not really. Well, I'll ask it anyway. Question five. What is the fifth prime number? A sharbs. Sharbs. Ten. Ten is incorrect.
0: Ten. <laughs> uh, Jackson, 14. 14
1: is also incorrect. <laughs> it's 11. Oh, what's
4: prime numbers? Uh, n- numbers that can't be divided by
1: two. Okay. Yeah, a prime number is a number that can only be divided by, by one and itself. itself. Yeah, right. yeah. So I think uh, you've got like two, three, five, seven, uh, and eleven. The fifth, yeah. Right. So I think that's how it goes. But question six, Jackson, your head two one. Which rapper was born Balcalis Marlenis Almanzar? Uh,
4: Sharbs. Chops. Icon.
1: Incorrect. <laughs> oh, wait, can you say that name again? Balcarlis Marlenis Almanzar or Almanzar. Or is it is it DJ Khaled? DJ Khaled is incorrect. <laughs> it's Cardi B. Oof. Ah. Mm. This a tough <laughs> question. Yeah, yeah. Um,. Uh, Got to make it challenging. It's, we're, we're not. Remi- we're just, remind me. in podcasting for rem- a reason.
4: Remind me to approach you when we need a quiz master for our trivia night.
1: <laughs> we'll do. Oh, anyway. Question seven. Published in 1859, who wrote on the origin of species? Sharps. Sharps.
4: Charles Darwin?
1: Charles Darwin is correct. Yeah. Level leveled up, it's to all, and it's time for our who am I question. Oh. make or break it? Is this the last so, question? Uh, yeah, this is the last question, but we're going to go down from five points all the way down to one point with a series of clues, uh, one clue for each level of points. And uh, once you've buzzed in and you get it wrong, you can't go again until the other person gets it wrong. So I'll go straight into it for five points. I was born in Ballarat. On the 17th of August, 1953. I'll move it on. Four points. Usually as a defender, I played 174 VFL games between 1972 and 1983. That's when the VFL was the top league, of course. I'll move it on. For three points, I've been involved in four VFL AFL premierships, one of which was as a Richmond player in 1980. Anyone want to have a go or should I move it on? Move on. I'll move on for two points. I'm a two-time All-Australian coach and have coached two teams to premierships. Oh, Jackson.
0: Jackson, have a crack. Uh, is it M- Mick Malthouse?
1: That's what I was
4: gonna say. I hope so.
0: Bolt House so. is not correct.
1: Damn!
0: Oh, I thought I thought it'd have a link between Carlton and Collingwood. I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, I was really thinking. I was like, in the eighties, BT Oh oh Can we do a redo? Can we? Can we edit this <laughs> <it> down again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I, th- I think
1: that. Um, that wraps up the quiz. It's four two to Jackson. So I don't like,
4: like losing. I don't like <laughs> losing.
0: <laughs> Can't be a sore yeah. loser, Charles. You have got yeah. the, top of the chin mate. We'll get you on again sometime for another one. All
4: right, yeah. round two. I'm going to I'm going to scratch it, but let right that
0: down. So, <laughs> told you. oh, definitely. When when the season gets back on, we'll get a we'll get a Carlton update, and uh, we'll get you back on for another quiz. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Jackson's been invincible recently. He hasn't lost <laughs> one for about a month, I reckon. Uh, right. I, I think I think since that um. That uh, uh, Scott McDonald one, I think I've just sort of oh. tried to get back into it. That was an that 8-0 loss. <laughs> it
1: is. <laughs> that was shocking. But uh, should we talk about giveaway, Jackson, before we wrap up the show? Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, we'll we'll keep you on, Charles, because you're a sure. Everton fan. So we've actually got uh, – I'll, I'll show it to you on the camera. We're on Zoom. So we've got – it's uh, 2019-20 Everton home kit signed by the whole team. Uh, up for grabs. Uh, it can be yours for free. All you have to do is uh, give us a mention on our social medias, Tag us in a post on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. So on Facebook, we're at Where Do We Begin? And on Twitter and Instagram, we're at WDWB Pod. So give us a mention. Make sure we can see it. Make sure you're public. Uh, and say you want the Everton shirt, and then you're automatically entered into the competition. So we'll be announcing the winner of that on the next extra podcast in two weeks' time. Uh, but Jackson, before we wrap it up, do you want to give our plug to our social medias? I've already mentioned them, but do you want to go again? Yeah,
0: so we're on, um, we're on Twitter and Instagram at WDWBpod and uh, Facebook, obviously. Where do we begin? Um, we have a Patreon. Yeah,
1: we, we actually had a couple members joined last week uh, or two weeks ago, I think. But we're at Patreon.com forward slash Pod. And uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch with us on email, where do we begin pod at gmail.com? If you want to get your music on the show or anything like that, get in touch with us. And I think that should wrap us up because it's been a long one. So cheers for coming on, Sharbs. And Jackson, yeah, awesome no worries. Time. No yeah, worries. Thank Thanks you so much, much mate. Yeah, Hopefully, i walk away if
4: they ever top. Um, anyone that does win it, just um, <laughs> put it up the sale and
1: I'll bite off Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, we'll see you next Monday with another huge episode.
2: Okay.